Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone, this is Cynthia Smalls. We're back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ, let me tell you. In today's climate, with what all is going on, we have to understand this vital importance and what Jesus said to us in Matthew 10, 37. He said, If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. And let me just say straight off the bat, if we love Jesus then we will understand what he is saying to us when we choose him and the Father over everything and everybody in our lives. So I want to talk about that today as well as false prophets. Even though those two may seem like totally different topics, But I believe that the Holy Spirit will make the connection because not everybody who say, Lord, Lord, actually love the Lord Jesus Christ. Some may say, oh, well, I love God, but do they love Jesus? Because Jesus says that if we're not loving him, then we're not loving the Father and vice versa. And if we put anybody above him, then we are not worthy of him. Now, to the untrained ear, to the unrepented heart, that may seem very selfish for Jesus to even ask that of us. So before we get started, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you and we want you. Father, you know that you know what's going on under everyone's roof. You know the family struggles that we go through when we choose you 
over our kids, over our spouse, over our jobs, over everything. Because you already gave us the heads up in your word that we are going to be persecuted. And it's going to start in our own homes and with those we love, with those we've given birth to, with those we have married, our parents, for some reason, (laughs) they see those of us who love you like this, they see this as a stumbling block to the relationship we have with them. And it is because we understood what happened at the cross. We understood that Jesus came and he died for the sins of the world. And once we heard that message, it pricked our hearts to repent of our sins. We don't want to go to hell. So Father, I pray that today's lesson bring us all understanding and bring clarity of mind. May the Holy Spirit move on me and give me insight into your word. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. And Father, may today's lesson bring you glory. Okay, people, so the topic on the floor today is going to be Matthew 10, 37. And what does that mean when Jesus says that we are to love him above our father and mother, our sons and daughters. He said, if you love your father or your mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of me. So what does that mean? Well, we see here that Jesus has warned his disciples that he has come to bring a sword of division in Israel. This is not a reference to violence or revolution, but to the schism, to the division, to the separation that the gospel can cause. And let me tell you folks, if you love Jesus according to Matthew 10, 37, you are going to have schisms. You are going to have divisions, discord, arguments, fights, confusion, because his word is a sword. It will divide where this gospel is concerned, because just because you love Jesus like that, you are going to find, like we all are coming to find not everybody loves Jesus like that. Some of them don't even recognize him as God. They don't recognize him as the son of God. They don't recognize and acknowledge that he died for their sins and in their pride and arrogance, they feel they don't have nothing to repent about. They feel, I'm a good person. I didn't do anything wrong. Why do I got to repent? Why do I got to say, I'm sorry? I didn't do anything wrong. That's the blindness that they are in. The Bible tells us that Satan blinds the minds of those who are perishing. 
right, Holy Spirit? And why are they perishing? Because they believe not that the Lord Jesus Christ died for their sins. And that is why we have John 3, 16, that says that God, that God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that whoever, whosoever believes in him, believe what? That he died for your sins, that he took the punishment from God that was rightly due to us because we racked up and stacked up God's wrath against us because we didn't know how to stop sinning. We thought that we had it all together. We thought that we were so wise and so prideful over our accomplishments. And as long as we weren't robbing and killing and stealing and harming little children, that why shouldn't we get to go to heaven? And so when you don't believe that Jesus took your punishment, that Jesus willingly laid down his life as a, sacri as a sacrificial lamb to take on God's wrath for your behalf, if you do not believe that, the Bible tells us that you will perish and that you will not have eternal life. And so when we bring that gospel to our family, because that's the first people we go to, right? Because they are under our roofs. They are extended family members. We get on the phone. Guess what, everybody? Jesus died for our sins. He took on a punishment that was rightly due to us. Jesus was perfect. He lived this, this sinless life, but yet and still he took on the wrath of God so that we don't get punished for it, so that we don't go to hell. And so out of God's love for the world, he sent a solution to the sin problem that we need to repent. Everybody, we need to stop sinning and turn back to God. And because of his grace and his mercy for saving us, all we want to do is tell everybody about somebody who died for us, that stepped out of heaven and died a horrific death on the cross for our sins. And we would love for them to accept that and believe that and be zealous and enthused like we are that we just escape hell, people. You would think that everybody would be jumping for joy behind that. And once you sit them down and explain further what that really meant and you go into the word and you y'all talk over the scriptures and if they have questions you know allow the holy spirit to teach everybody at the table what happened at the cross and we all walk away just feeling elated but that is not the case and it is sad to say that jesus was right that when he warned the disciples that he has come to bring a sword of division because listen at the end of the day we got to make a choice 
we got to make a choice because, listen, the Bible tells us that there are two kingdoms. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And those who choose to stay in their sins, who in their pride thinks that God is being a bully and being petty, because he's saying that if we don't believe in his son, then we don't get to go to heaven. And they see that in a mocking attitude, like as if, what, I got to kiss the, the mob boss ring in order to have favor? Well, then y'all can keep that God. Okay. Okay. So there we go with that. What else can you say after that? You planted the seed of the gospel, and this was their takeaway. This can come from your mother, your father, your son, or your daughter. Because Jesus is letting us know from the start, it's going to happen in the home. Because the people that he lists here, we have, right Holy Spirit, thank you. We have primary relationships with these people. So we see that it's going to start at home. And he says that those who refuse to accept Christ will hate and persecute those who believe. And we see that in John 15 verses 18 to 21. And so... For me personally, I know exactly what Matthew 10.37 is talking about. So look, the division, like I said, will take place even between immediate family members. These people are up under the same roof we share with them. Listen, fathers and sons will turn on each other as well as mothers and daughters, the issue will be belief in Jesus himself. And that's the bottom line because you are going to have a division in your house. There is going to be a split. You're going to have the have and the have nots. The have that have salvation and the have nots who do not because they refuse to believe that Jesus died for their sins. Because the Bible tells us that God made it right. Hold on. Let me come over here. I got some notes. Now look. God has provided a way. Hold on. I know it's in John. And First John. Hold on. Hold on. I got some notes here. Hold on. Don't go anywhere, folks. Because I highlighted a whole bunch of stuff about how God has made it right and brought us back into right relationship with him through Christ Jesus. Hold on. Uh, I tell you, as the Holy Spirit moves me, this is how we're moving. So he wants me to come over here to my notes. Hold on a minute. Hold on. I believe is in Romans. Okay, hold on. Hold on, wait a minute. Well, while I'm still looking, let's just go over what the definition of the gospel is, right? Because we see here in Romans 1, 16, 
where it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Exactly. And so this is what we want to preach in our homes on a daily basis. And because we are not ashamed of the gospel, all we want to do is talk about the gospel. But a lot of people are not going to want to hear it because it says here, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Believes in what? That Jesus died for our sins, that he took on a punishment that was rightly and justly due to us because we sinned against holy God. Jesus lived a perfect sinless life when he was on the earth. And it says to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, verse 17 of Romans 1, for in it, in what? The gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And that is exactly what we do. And now look, hold on. I'm still trying to find what I'm looking for. Hold on. Hold on, where it talks about God made it right. Here we go. Here we go. I know I put my hands on it. Hold on, let me get the scripture for you guys. Hold on, because this, this is in Romans. Exactly, here we go, Romans chapter 3. And when we come over here to verse 23, where it says, For everyone has sinned, and this is what we tried to tell starting with our family members, that everyone has sinned. And that is where the wall immediately goes up in resistance. What do you mean everyone has sinned? Yes, the Bible tells us that everyone has sinned and that we all, all of us, even the ones who think that they are perfect and don't need God, well, the Bible says something different. It says, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Verse 24, yet God in his grace freely, the Bible says that in God's grace freely makes us right in his sight. And he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalties for our sins. Verse 25. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair and merciful when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Listen, okay? God and his mercy didn't give us what we deserve. And the Bible told us and tells us, us what it is that we deserve when we sin, death. The Bible says that the wages of sin, meaning you sold to this stinking flesh with the lust of your eyes and the lust of your flesh and the pride of life, when you give in to those sins that the Bible says that you will not inherit the kingdom of God and you do them anyway, yeah, yeah, those sins, okay? It says that, well, he says that, yeah, 
This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back. Yeah, because his wrath was rightly, okay? It was right to fall on our heads because we sinned. We broke God's laws. And so when we get the memo that, oh, well, we can have forgiveness of our sins. All of our past sins can be forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross. Well, yes, sign me up. Yes, Father, I was a sinner and I need saving. Thank you for your mercy that you didn't just leave us in this fallen state. That you sent Jesus to die. And when his blood was shed on the cross, it, it, was, it was sprinkled on the mercy seat of God in heaven. So that whereby now, since Jesus made atonement for our sins, we can now be reconciled back to the Father through what Jesus did for us on our behalf. Listen. They could have just left us dead in our sins. But guess what? The Bible tells us that it is not God's will for any man to perish. Listen, it is his will that we repent from our sins, that we forsake it, don't go back to it, and henceforth walk in his obedience. That's what God wants for us. Why? Why, Holy Spirit? Why does God the Father want us to believe that Jesus died for our sins and that once we forsake our sins, our sin debt has been paid? Why do he want all of this? So that we can be with him for all eternity because that was, thank you, Holy Spirit, that was his plan all along back over there in the Garden of Eden. That is why Adam was created. That is why he put him in the garden and told them to be fruitful and multiply so that God can have all these beautiful children who love him, who worship him, who wants him as their God. It's a good thing for God to want this for the people that he created. He is not being petty and being this mob where you got to kiss his ring because he's the boss. What you mean? Y'all better repent from those blasphemous statements. Y'all know not what y'all say. You know not what you say because the Bible tells us that God is not going to put up with people trampling over his son and over that precious blood that was shed. Y'all don't get it. What it took for God to turn his back on Jesus because Jesus was made sin. Y'all don't understand these spiritual things. Y'all only got your eyes on this earth and on earthly things and on your own self-righteousness to think that you're a good person and that you don't have to kiss the mob boss ring and bow down and bow the knee. Listen. At the end of the day, you can say what you want because the Bible done told us that every knee, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess and declare Jesus is Lord. 
why not get in on the blessing now? Because let me tell you, when Jesus calls you up out of that body suit, oh, it's going to be a whole different ball game. And all the times that you got mad at the one who was telling you all this wonderful good news that God is not mad with us because he took out his wrath on Jesus. Jesus, he took it. He took it for us. That's some good news. But if you reject the good news, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 10 that basically what else is left for God to do? There is no more sacrifices for sin. Why? Because Jesus was the last lamb, perfect lamb to be slain. If you don't want what he did, then you are dead in your sins. You are lost. You are stuck in your sins. And if you die that way, you will go to hell. But when we tell people this, our loved ones this, they get mad at us because now they believe that since that dividing line came down the pike from the word of God, that we choose God over them and they are right. Yes, we choose God and Jesus over our mothers, fathers, sons, and daughters. Absolutely, yes. And so that will be offensive to them. Look, those who refuse to accept Christ will hate and, okay, not only are they hating, but they will persecute those who believe the division will take place even between, like I said, our immediate family members. My hand is raised. I'm telling you, it goes down in the family. Like I said, fathers are going to turn against their sons, mothers against their daughters. The issue will be belief in Jesus himself. Is he the Messiah, the son of God? Because see, they don't believe that. Those who refuse to acknowledge him will reject those of their own family who put their faith in Jesus and began to follow his ways. And we see this, where's my word? We see this in 1 Peter 4 verses 3 to 4. And let's just go over there. I left my sword in the other room. So I'm going to go right here online and we're going to look up what 1 Peter is talking about. What is it? 1 Peter. Do, do, do. Real time, folks. We're doing it for real, for real. We're cracking open the Bible online. 1 Peter 3 verses. What is that? 3 to 4. Let's see what the word of God says about this. It says here, look what it says. Okay. It says that um, you, you have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. Verse four, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge 
into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. And this is what's happening in your own home. Your children, if they feel that you have put God before them, they will slander you and hate you. The Bible makes it clear. It says that because you no longer plunge into the things that you used to do and you are telling everybody that they too need to stop because we got the plank out of our eyes and we trying to let them know, listen, that speck in your eyes, listen, it got to go. Otherwise you are going to hell. And when you tell them that they must repent, oh, you, you are going to see where the real love really is. And don't let it be some other family issues going on in the house too behind this because they will lump this all together. They can't understand, for one, about past family issues that's already seething in their hearts. And then here you come around talking about, oh, now, as they like to say, oh, now, since you found Jesus, everything is fine, but I'm still hurting behind the pain of 20 years ago. They ain't trying to hear nothing about anything. And so when you come about God and when you putting your foot down that this is your life now, they want to question, well, then if God is so loving, why didn't he know that they hurting? And that because now since you chose God over them and now they are more, more so in more pain now more than ever, they don't get it. But even when you wronged people in the past, in your sinner days, and now that we are in Christ and we are seeking for their forgiveness it is their choice whether or not they're going to forgive and let bygones be bygones and not hold on to grudges and hurts, especially when we're talking about uh, children and spouses. Sometimes that pain still runs deep. And so since we want to make amends, since we want to make restitution, okay, well, then we will do whatever it takes for how long ever it takes for you to come around and see that, yes, we have made that mistake. And yes, we come into you in love and in humbleness for forgiveness. Okay. Now, if they don't want our forgiveness, then we don't just shun them and be like, oh, well, you know what? I tried. You know, we keep on until they finally say enough is enough. Leave me alone. What more can you do but give them that space? But at the end of the day, I'm not leaving God. So, yeah, I can see Matthew 10:37 being real, real. Now, look, Jesus, okay. And that scripture is demanding his rightful place in the hearts of his people. They must love him more than all others and demonstrate that it is true if forced to make a choice. Listen, <laughs> the demarcation line in the sand, thank you, Holy Spirit, will be drawn 
when you get pushed up against a wall with your family, when they want to know, well, who you pick, who you pick, us or Jesus, what you want to say? What you going to say? Because here, right here is the proof in the pudding. Okay. Jesus is saying that if you are loving your family more than me, then you are not worthy of me. Now, like I said to the untrained ear, yeah, that's going to sound real selfish. And when I tell them this and have told them this, they say, well, then I don't want God. If God is telling me that I need to choose my children over him, well, then I don't want him. But you see, y'all not getting what he is saying. Listen, 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 listen. Jesus is the man in his rightful place in the hearts of his people. They must love him more than all others and demonstrate that is true if forced to make a choice. This does not change scripture's demand. Come on now. Okay. At the end of the day, it does not change scripture's demand that children honor their parents. And that's Ephesians 6, 2. And that parents provide for their children. Ephesians 6, 4. And we can see this in 1 Timothy 5, 8. Jesus, this is the part they're not getting. Jesus does not, does not say, do not love those other people. What he says is that we ought to love God more. We, and this is what we try to explain to them. I'm not saying that I don't love you. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that God has given us an uh, a order of how this thing works. We love God. Then we love our family. I'm Listen, we're not saying for the 1,000th time that we don't love you. We saying that we love God more and that's a good thing. Y'all acting like we talking about Joe Blow on the street corner, like some random stranger, like who didn't create your whole entire body. We say, God, hello, ding, ding, ding. I'm not saying that I'm putting, you know, a random stranger off the street over you. And that's the bottom line. Because truth be told, we do make mistakes. We do put a mere flesh person over our kids to our detriment. Okay? I'm talking about something holier. Something more righteous. Something more divine. We're talking about the creator of the heavens and the earth. Who created your whole entire body. Him. Him is what we are putting above family, kids, spouse, everybody, and everything. And that's a good thing. That don't mean we don't love you. Okay? Stop taking it that way. Because, see, that's because your mind is being blinded by Satan. He wants you to think and hate God because we love God. And because we love God, so now you're going to turn around and hate God that is satanic in your thinking. That can be further from the truth. Listen, just because we love God above everybody in the world don't mean we don't love you. And because that's our position, it is 
to your detriment to turn that around and say, oh, well, you know what? Well, I'm just going to hate God because I feel that my parent loves him more than they love me. And so, nope, I don't want nothing to do with God. Stop it. You need to stop it. Now, listen, loving others is the second greatest commandment, but it is behind the first to love God with everything we have. And we see that in Matthew 22, 34 to 40. And making this statement, Jesus continues to make the claim that he is God. Love and obedience to him must come before obedience to any other person or group. And we see this in Acts 5, 29. Listen. Jesus laid down his life for the world. He sacrificed everything. He he laid aside his Godhead to come to this earth in the flesh of a human being. Jesus, when he walked on this earth the first time, he was fully, completely man. That means that he was a human being. His He grew from a baby to a grown man. He grew hair. He grew the beard. He grew teeth. He ate. He slept. He went to the bathroom. He bathed. He he combed his hair. Come on now. He was a flesh and, and blood human being. Also being fully God. Listen. When Jesus, right, Holy Spirit, when Jesus came to this earth, the Bible says that the word was made flesh and it dwelt among us. Our loyalty, once we believe all what Jesus did for us is to him. He's the savior. Listen, stop taking this personal like that, but they can't understand it. And that is why we preach them the gospel. Listen, once the Holy Spirit dwells in you, you have clarity now of what the scriptures is saying. Because before then, if I had read this in my sinner day, yeah, I would have been the same way. What do you mean I got to love God? more than I love my kids, uh, my kids, okay, now, we can see, thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for uh, reminding me, Abraham, Abraham loved Isaac, I'm sorry, he loved, um, what's his first name, oh my goodness, my memory, yeah, 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 yeah. Isaac, yeah, Isaac, Isaac, he loved Isaac, knowing that this was the child of promise, And when God told him to go and sacrifice his son, Abraham didn't go, well, God, come on now. You promised me this child. I already sent Ishmael away. Now you want me to kill Isaac? What did Abraham do? He got Isaac together the next morning, grabbed a couple of his men, trotted up to that Mount Sinai, got the the wood okay and the and the rope and even Isaac was like father um I see you got the rope and the wood but um where's the animal for the sacrifice 
Abraham said nothing. I can only imagine Abraham was like, well, you're it, sonny boy. But in that act of faith, because since God had promised Abraham that Isaac will come from your loins and out of him, your descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Well, Abraham figured, well, if I kill him, God's going to bring him back to life, operating in faith. And that is what it means that when we operate in faith, listen, it takes the gift of God to give us faith to believe that Jesus, one, is God, that he actually came from heaven, and that he actually walked on this earth because we didn't uh, live 2,000 years ago, so we only got to take what the word of God has to say about it, and we got to believe that. We also got to believe that Jesus would want to lay down his life and take on sin when sin and God can't even coexist, absolutely not, for him to do all of that. And then not only that, but rising out of the grave and remaining alive to this day. Yeah, that's going to take a lot to believe. But guess what? The gift of God, he will give you this belief, this faith to believe it. You just got to believe that on sheer faith alone. And a lot of people who are, how can I say this, stuck in things that are either black or white, it got to line up for them. For a lot of, for a lot of people, things have to line up. And if they don't line up, then they ain't going to believe nothing you got to say, especially if they feel they ain't got nothing to repent about. So, so there we go with that. I think I'm going to do a separate lesson on the false prophet because this needed to be talked about more. And we can see the the context summary of Matthew 10, 34 to 37, that it contains some of Jesus' most challenging words. Oh yeah, as usual, they can be easily misinterpreted when taken out of context. Listen, Christ's arrival in the world will bring division to Israel as even family members turn on each other over the issue whether or not he is the Messiah. Jesus says those who love family more than him are not worthy of him. He further heightens this idea of radical loyalty and I love it. Okay, he further heightens this idea of radical loyalty by comparing it to carrying one's own cross, a metaphor for death. Those who do follow him, though, will find the life that is true. Amen. Because you see, that past sinful life that we were living, that was a false reality. Why? Because we were under the sway and control of sin. 
we were being deceived by Satan every time we open up our eyes in the morning because everything that's presented in this world is temporary and it is meant and fostered to move you from the living God. So yeah, that was a false sense of reality. Listen, those who go their own way will lose their lives. And this is what we try to tell our family members, but they ain't trying to hear it because they oftentimes are stuck in some unforgiveness that they have, some bitterness that they have. And the more you talk about Jesus, the more it pushes them away because they can't understand why we will love Jesus more than them on top of already the hurt and the pain that they have already experienced. So it's a hot mess. So listen, like I said, those who go their own way will lose their lives no matter what they find on this earth. Because if you think that high paying job of yours, if you think that master degrees of yours is going to bring you any fulfillment, oh, sin is temporary and it is seasonal and it is deadly. And so when you hear the message of the cross, instead of shunning it, how about taking two seconds and listen and listen and stop scoffing and stop mocking. Amen. And so, look, I just want to say this in closing. We have to make choices every day, right? We make choices whether or not we're going to put on the red shirt today or the blue shirt. Whether or not we're going to have breakfast or not. Whether or not we want to go to bed at 9 tonight or 12 midnight. We got to make choices every day. But ain't nobody thinking about the choice they need to make for eternity. Listen, that radical loyalty that Jesus was talking about, oh, it's real. And it gets, right, Holy Spirit? It gets real, real, okay? When your family... The ones that you gave birth to, the ones that you have married, the ones that have birthed you who don't want to hear this good news. Oh, you are going to face opposition. You are going to be called every name in the book. You are going to be called selfish, a bad mother. Um, how dare you? You was never there for me anyway. And now you choosing somebody else over me. God is a hot mess. At the end of the day, we all need to get the memo that we need to believe that Jesus died for our sins and that he's the only one that could have done so. And that if we don't want to go to hell, because a lot of people, that's another problem. They don't believe that hell exists. If they don't believe hell exists, which is the punishment place that we sin ourselves because we don't believe in Jesus. We reject God's salvation plans. We don't repent of our sins because we feel we ain't got nothing to repent about. Yeah, but God made a place. But that place wasn't always meant for man. No, no, no. God made hell for Satan and his fallen angels. But man will go there following behind Satan, right? Holy Spirit, absolutely. Just like those fallen angels fell for the lie, man fall for the same lie. Because the first lie 
ever told to a human being was back there in the Garden of Eden when God told Adam. He told Adam that you can eat freely from every tree in this garden except the one in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for the day. And this is God's command. And this is his word that the day you eat of it, Adam, you shall surely die. And what happened? Here comes Satan telling the first lie ever told to a human being. When he had that conversation with Eve, he said after Eve told him what God says, Satan says, you shall not surely die. And that is what Satan is telling everybody who is stuck in their sins, who are on their way to hell. He tells them, no, it's not. No, you're not. You ain't going to die. You ain't going to hell because God is a liar. And all he wants you to do is bow down to him. No, if you bow down to me, oh, I can make sure that you get your master's degree. Oh, you can have that six-figure job that you want. You can have the woman of your dreams that you want. And your life will be good. And it will all be a lie. Because at the end of the day, the Savior, the Christ that you rejected, all of his word and all of the words that he sent his messengers to proclaim to you about who he is and what he did for you and how he can save you and you rejected all that well guess what it will testify against you and that is what we was trying to convey and relay but you don't want to hear none of that. Just like the sinners in the world, they don't want to hear all of that. And then when they have these problems in their life, they trying to figure out well, what is going on. And that is why they turn to sex and drugs and porn and all this other stuff to try to fill that hole that's in their soul. And the reason why the hole is there, because they're realizing slowly but surely that this world has lied to them no they can't have the bigger car or the bigger house or that bigger promotion you are going to stay where we put you and don't ask for nothing else because this is all that you're getting and when they get that memo of life now they want to try to fill the hole that God gave us the hole. I mean, he gave us the patch, if you will, to fill that hole. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So, there we go. There we go. Jesus, true followers, yes, it is radical. This loyalty we have to him, absolutely, it is radical. Why? Because of what he did for us. We're looking at eternal things. And we're trying to explain to y'all, forget about these earthly pains and troubles and sorrow. And don't say, oh, well, that's easy for you to say, oh, now you're happy. But yet, we still stuck up over here in the pain that you caused. Well, I'm trying to get you all to get in on some of the goodness and the forgiveness that was given to us. And so now we're saying that, okay, yes, all this pain and tragedy happened, but we can start afresh. But you don't want to start afresh because, see, now you got something else you want to be mad about. You want to be now mad about that we love God more than you. And that just gets thrown on on top of everything else that you're mad 
about us with. So all you can do is leave it in God's hand and don't give up on your love for Jesus no matter what. Because listen, at the end of the day, we got to answer to the Lord Jesus Christ when we die. Because our family members are not going to be up there ushering us into the kingdom of God. No, that will be Jesus. So we need to have our loyalty pointed to him first. And guess what happens? Because see, this is the part that they're not getting. Because we're not in sin anymore. Because we're not that same crazy cuckoo brain making all kinds of horrible choices in life. We are a brand new person. So you get to have this new creation. Why not embrace that? But if you're still stuck in the hurt and pain, listen, okay? Memo to everybody. Everybody goes through heart, a heartache and pain. Everybody's parent on some kind of level disappointed us. It happened to me. It happened to you. It happens to my kids. I get it. But guess what? We don't have to stay mad at someone who wronged us, especially if they come in with the olive branch and you keep snipping it and keep snipping it. But we are going to just keep on trying and keep on doing it, keep on doing it. Why? Because mercy and grace was given to us. So there we go. There we go. Until you say enough is enough, leave me alone. Okay, well, you grown now. You grown now. And just like we had to make the choice, you got to make the choice. But but at the end of the day, we ain't giving up on Jesus. Yes, God is first and will always be first. Amen. Amen. All right, people. Repent. Believe that Jesus died for your sins. Don't give up on him. And that is why a lot of the times when I open up the podcast, I always say, never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is why. Amen? Amen. So, until next time, I speak to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.